We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Curry steps back. Bang! Fifty-two. Oh, that Thunder game. I've, no, I've, is, I'm getting, listen. I'm getting brutally beaten right now because I, because I took my victory lap early. I mean, we always take matter. our victory laps early. We <laughs> always take our victory laps laps early. Exactly. Don't worry. We had the energy. Me and Sam have been going at it all day. Don't worry. This little win right here, home game, down twenty freaking five. Where you guys got to go twenty for thirty. I think Rustin Puigi had to go twenty for thirty just to win by eight, Bruh. We're good. Russ Russ went um, seventeen for thirty nine for the win. What <laughs> wait, wait, a you missed twenty two shots. Yes, and that's basically they went on the run when Rudy Gobert got in foul trouble. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Rudy Gobert got in foul trouble and he caught fire. But oh. what is what is it about these teams, these Midwestern teams, where they have to pray for fouls? Where where every time Draymond walks onto the court, oh, two fouls, foul trouble. They, they, like like their best hope in every game, no matter what, is that they pray that the other team. It's it's like the NCAA out. tournament. They don't know what professional sports looks like. They're just used to watching this NCAA bullshit. Or like, oh, randomly, your best player has three <laughs> fouls in the first two minutes. I guess we'll see what happens tonight. You know, it's just like there's no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. Uh, oh my god. And they had five fouls. So was it was it actual fouls? Did you watch it? I missed most of the game. I only saw like the fourth quarter. Um, I saw 
the last couple which like got it which got him into foul trouble were legitimate fouls i do not remember the earlier ones uh i'm not going to get into like it's it's yeah, yeah, very yeah. we're not breaking that game down yeah rudy gobert getting into foul trouble one out of five games like that's just going to happen um, you know what's funny man you know what's funny though in the last everybody has been talking about how Warriors are going after Russ, though. You realize that, right? That's like a, I mean, it's probably not a thing that people care about outside of Twitter, but on Twitter, like, that's, I think, been one of the main topics because we got to get into it about the fact that how Warriors fans have been going at OKC. Well, not really OKC. Well, there's just, there's so many layers. There's so many layers to it, and it obviously starts with Steph and the style of play. Um, and then you got like Kerr who takes the most subtle jabs, which just gets the fan base going too. you know, like it, it's funny because on one hand, the fan base loves to complain about Kerr being too system oriented. And then on the other hand, they want to slander us like, oh, see, it doesn't play in a system, doesn't know how to play with others. Yeah, so it's like they, they love to double speak too. I mean, everyone does. Let's be real, but. Um, you know what's you know what's fun though that this uh, I just I just tweeted this but this series in itself and what he did was the culmination of us and every every Russ hater the culmination of all the criticism that we've ever done the fact that you just said this the fact that he felt he had to say to the he had to prove to the world on the court that he's better than Ricky Rubio when everybody knows he's better than Ricky Rubio but the fact that he had to do that. I, Listen, like I'm not gonna say it cost them a game, but that made that that game four really weird and something that t- tilted in the Jazz' favor. And and you look at this game now, and you think of it that way. OKC should be up this series three two, and they should be they should be winning this series if it wasn't for him just going out of his way and saying, "Hey, I'm just gonna be a a big man, a tough guy, and say I'm better than Rubio." When is there a single person out there that doesn't think he's better than Rubio? Like. This is kind of the perfect encapsulation of everything. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it is what it is. They could come back and win this series, but does it really matter? Are they going anywhere? Is playoff <laughs> P and and the MVP going to win anything? Like, who cares? They won 48 games. They underachieved. They're still going to underachieve. I could honestly see them winning this series, beating Houston, and still losing to the Warriors, you know? like, um, Or they could lose the next game. None of it matters. There's nothing sustainable about it. It's all ego basketball, you know? Like, and he j- they're just not good enough to justify that. I like that one because the, the ego basketball is what it is. Like, it's, 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 who, who, who was in the video? Candace Parker was just talking about it. I just saw it and I was like, oh crap. That's kind of pretty much what we talk about all day, every day is the fact that Steph is able to let go of things on the court. Right and allow people to actually flourish. It's like it's it's and, and it is really it is really rare because it's like in the last twenty years that the only players I can think of who would do that who are like legitimate superstar players is is uh, Stephen Duncan. Right? Like, can you think of anyone else who's of that level? Like, I'm not talking Clay Thompson because Clay is not on that level. Um, but like players that talented who are willing to let it go like that. And you, be, but if you're not going to do that, you better be LeBron James. Like you better be that good, right? If you're gonna, you're, if you're not going to want to let it go, you better be one of the greatest, if not the greatest player of all time. And Russ is definitely not, right? What is he right now? Like top fifteen? So, so, somewhere about seven, maybe eight. 
maybe six to five on a good day, maybe 12 on a bad day. I don't know. Player rankings are kind of dumb, but like maybe 35. I don't think he's – so the way I look at Russ is I he's not in that top five to six players who can be the best player on a title team. You know what I mean? Like mm. the and, – and this is – it's still not this clear cut. Like LeBron doesn't need as much support to be the best player as let's say Steph – or KD, right? Because LeBron's better. Um, but then, but but Steph and Steph or Anthony Davis can still be the best player on a title contender, right? Would you agree with that? That's true. Am I just talking in circles now? So it's like the way I look at it is like I don't think you can be a title contender with Russ as your best player. So then, what are we doing here? Now you're talking about like <laughs> he's got to be your second best player. Uh, but can he play as your second best player? Like, I don't know. You know, like what? what's walk me through a scenario where he's the best player on a team that wins a title. I don't know, man. Scenario where the Warriors and LeBron don't exist. You know what makes this fun, too? It's like it's it's never. And ended. Harden. And Harden, too. Like I, and- I mean, we, we make fun of Harden, but like I would put Harden. I, I mean, I felt Harden's clearly above him for a while. It's 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 fun because it's never ending. If OKC advances, we're gonna run this back against Houston. Actually, that's win win if you think about it. If OKC plays Houston, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Why don't you talk me through it right now? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's just one of, it's just one of those things where. Uh, my thing right now is that the rest of the NBA is fun. Because without Steph Curry healthy and on the floor, it seems like there's a lot of things that are. It's so the Warriors are kind of like the adult in this situation where they're just watching, like or like the Big Brother, we're just watching their kids fight and they're just saying, yeah, you know, this is fine until it gets a little out of hand. You know, the, the and, second yeah. somebody throws a punch, then it's like, all right, enough of this crap, right? And, so, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just saying, like the moment, the moment that Steph comes back, all this stuff is done. Like all this Houston. You know, Ooh, I dis- I disagree with you a little okay. bit. I think okay. um, just just from the standpoint of if Steph was back and we knew the Warriors had eight to nine games, to, or not even that much, like they had a handful of games to get rolling, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's over. But he's kind of going to be thrown into the fire and you just never know. <clears throat> you know, right now we, we both believe he's back game three, right? Mm-hmm. What yeah. if... unless Unless they lose game one, but yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's say it's 1-1 when he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know what happens. Maybe maybe the first game he's back, it's clunky, and they do that weird thing where they can't figure out who to get the ball to, and it's one of those games where Steph's off ball too much, uh, which which happens every now and then because, like, you know, with KD and Steph, you want to both – you want to get them both the ball, but sometimes the balance is off, and all of a sudden they're down 2-1, you know? It throws the series off. Relax. I, okay. Okay. So, okay. You've, you've been waiting to make this point. So this is exciting stuff because we disagree on how the Warriors, how we feel about the Warriors against the Pelicans. Um, I don't, we have a frame of reference. We, if you go back to 2016 and the way Steph came back and how he looked against Portland, we have that game, right? We have games. It's regular season, but where Steph comes back from injury and he doesn't miss a beat. And it's not like, so if this happened, and this was last season. So let's say KD had that knee injury and it took him out like two months and he came back in the playoffs. I'd agree with you. 
But this team has played together for two seasons. So if what if and when Steph comes back, which I mean, it could be game one, actually. But let's say it comes back game three. I think it's fine. Like, they might have maybe a quarter of, hey, we don't know what to do here. We don't know what to do there. But I think after that, the Warriors are so starved for what Steph can bring. Because me and you, we watched his first round series. We're, we'll get into it in a sec. But the Warriors need Steph back on offense so badly. Like, if without Steph, this series goes seven, right? Or six. I don't know how you feel about that. But they need him back. Right? So it's not like hey, the Warriors are rolling, how are we going to integrate step back? How are we going to calibrate this? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you're right. I'm, I'm probably overextending. Like, they're going to be disjointed for at least a quarter when he comes back, maybe even a full game, but it won't be that long. Um, I still... So when he came back in 16... They just mm. fed him over and over again because he's a, he was so much better than anyone else. And, it, you know, it's it just wasn't a question. It was like, hey, if he's going to miss 10 shots in a row, he's going to miss 10 shots in a row. We got to get this guy going because he's the reason we're here. With KD, it gets a little messier because if Steph comes out and, you know, he, he's played one game in almost two months. Legitimate, mm-hmm. That's all he's played. Yeah. And yeah. if he starts 0 for 7 – all of a sudden they start going to the KD centric offense and Steph's off ball. And then it's like, and then Steph touches the ball in these weird rhythms where he doesn't quite get it going. Like, you know, the type of games I'm talking about. It happens. It happens every 15 to 20 games or something like that. And it's just kind of, it just is what it is. Um, But I could totally see it happening in the playoffs. Everything's heightened. I could see Kerr going, well, let's just use Steph as a decoy. For KD, uh, even though that's not what you necessarily want, you kind of want them as a 1A, 1B punch, more run through Steph. Um, and I, I, I do think the margin for error is just a little smaller there. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about the Pelicans because we'll, we'll go back to this further if you want. But um, let's talk about the Pelicans because I think they're really overrated coming into the series. I think it's one of those things where they played a team that collapsed. They played a team that they had a good matchup against. And they played a team that their strengths were accentuated against the Portland's flaws. And their flaws weren't hurt um, against Portland because Portland, well, they're not. They're kind of fraudulent. They're only one game better than, than the Pelicans in the regular season. Yeah, the whole, really like, they were the three seed and they lost to yeah. the six was kind of a joke. Like, every yeah. team three to seven had the same record. Basically, the difference between those records is like, you know, your star player sitting a random game in yeah. in February because he sprained, exactly. you know, he rolled his ankle. So, like, they're all the same. Um, I disagree with you because I think Anthony Davis at center in the right scheme, which they have going right now, and it's still not perfect, by the way. Like, I would want someone better than Rondo. Um Antoine Moore makes sense on offense because he's kind of, you know, he spaces and he can do a few things there, but like defensively having a six, four shooting small forwards, not a great idea. Um, but he's just absolutely unstoppable in that system. And I don't really know how the warriors counteract that the warriors only way to counteract that is kind of wholesale changes to their defense. Um, so Anthony Davis is going to get what he wants, which is fine. They can live with him getting 35 a game if they take everything else away. Um, but I don't know that they 
they w- if they take everything else away and they're the Warriors rolling on offense the way they usually do. But I don't know that they're going to be that team. So I think it's okay. going to be a little problematic. I agree. So I okay. So this is this is where I'm going to dive into the the Kerr thing because that really pissed me off yesterday. I was when I was when when I watched the Warriors um, clinch against the Spurs. I think that a lot of this is going to be on Steve Kerr. And the co- I, I think it's Steve Kerr. I don't even think it's the coaching staff. I think it was it was up to Mike Brown, Rod Adams, or any of those guys. I think they're willing to not play the centers, right? They're willing to – I think with Mike Brown, we know that we're willing to only play our best players. I think Steve Kerr may cost them a couple games. And so I agree with that. It might go a couple games. I think most of the blame is Steve Kerr. I don't think it's the players. And um, I wrote on Warriors World today basically saying – if the Warriors lose this year, and it's if they lose, it's going to be against Houston. I don't think it's going to be against New Orleans. I don't think it's going to be OKC, right? It's not going to be LeBron. I mean, he had to drop 50 just for them to win by one point or one shot. Hey, Toronto. They have, or yeah, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that later. That's fun, too. Um, but they have to, they have to, have to, have to play Draymond at five. Not just for defense, but for offense. Um, regardless of if it's stepped in or out. Because... Looney, what he does on defense, it doesn't matter if you can play Draymond and KD at four and five. Whatever Draymond, whatever Looney does well, totally redundant. And then on offense, Kevon Looney doesn't finish. Yeah, I mean it is he, true. Whatever Looney, whatever Looney mm-hmm. does well on defense, Draymond does better. <laughs> so it does like it, that's my thing. It doesn't matter, and it's great if you don't want to play him forty. If you don't want to play Draymond at the five forty minutes, that's fine. They're not even playing Draymond at the five right now. So Kerr's obviously waiting until. Somebody screws up. And yesterday, he waited until the Warriors up by two with a minute left to put Sean Livingston back in. And after that, floor completely opened up. Defense was fine. And they won the game by seven. So it's one of those things where it's it's low-hanging fruit, but it's really the only thing that the Warriors can do. That's the only thing they need to do. That's so the I only have, adjustment. So I have two, um, mm-hmm. two thoughts on that. One, I think Kerr purposely had zero desire to go small against the Spurs. And that had everything to do with health management. Um KD's got the rib thing. I don't think it's that serious, but I he doesn't want to overextend KD at the four just yet. Um, the bigger one is Draymond. He knows uh, this. My theory or my counter to you would be he knows that he's going to play Draymond at the five for like majority of a Houston series and um, basically whoever they play in the finals also. So he knows for about a month he's going to need Draymond to play you know, 30 minutes a game of high intensity basketball at the most physical position. And Draymond is beating himself. I mean, he's been beat up all year. We know it. Like he's going to, he's playing through it, but he's, it's still a flight risk. Like at some point his body's going to give out. You don't want it to give out going small against the Spurs just to prove a point. Like, I kind of agree with Kerr leaving the traditional lineup in against the Spurs because if they can't get it done in that lineup against the Spurs, we have far bigger issues. Okay, that's fair. I like that point. I th- now that's I'm 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 going to flip to your side if we get a few games into the Pelican series and he's not going small because they really don't have another option against the the AD Miritich lineup. Like you can buy minutes for Looney here and there, play a little JaVale here and there. But like, there's just, there's no other front court option on the roster to play those two other than going Katie and Draymond at four or five. Um, and then obviously Houston speaks for itself. So 
if he's if he's doing what you think or what you're saying, then I, I switch. But I feel like against the Spurs, it was a smart move. Okay. I mean, the, my other thing is I wouldn't say this if I hadn't seen it before. That's the other thing, too. Like, we've seen this show. We've seen him do it in a Game 7 of, of an NBA Finals game against LeBron James. Like, if we see him do that, and I think that team in a nutshell is going to be tougher if it's a one game than Houston, right? You obviously would much rather play James Harden and Chris Paul than LeBron and Kyrie. And if they get to that point, which I don't think, you and I don't think is going to happen, but if it does, that's something that we've seen happen before. And I do see Kevon Looney playing 20 minutes in a Game 7 against Houston. And 20 minutes from Kevon Looney is all you need to decide, you know, to have the Warriors lose. Like, Looney, that's all you Looney playing great minutes at the five in January against the Rockets may have been the worst thing that happened to the Warriors. <laughs> uh, truly- do, you, do you remember that? Like he, he legitimately did play well. And like, we're saying this right now, Looney has proven to be a NBA player, but there's a difference between like, this guy deserves to be on a roster. This guy can give you and some minutes here and there. Right. And we're just going to roll with this guy in crunch time in the Western conference in finals. Those are, those are completely different things, right? That's my thing in crunch time. Yeah, exactly. No, you're exactly right. Because, yeah, it's great. You can even play Looney in, in the postseason for the first eight minutes like you do with Zaza, right? But in crunch time, like when when it's the end of the first half, when it's the end of the game, you have Kevon Looney in, that's embarrassing. Like he like that's worse than – I think that's even worse than that. Like that really just pisses – like that – you can't – even Anderson Barajal didn't play an end of games. Right. Even even Fetz's. Yeah, I still think um, I still think the end of this game was purely a Spurs thing. Like Spurs play big. Warriors know the Spurs are like the Spurs are just an effort team at this point. Like they weren't going to win. And he just didn't want to burn guys bodies going small. Um, on the second hand, that does bring up a, an interesting conversation. Kawakami said this uh, to me on Twitter last week, and it's something both you and I have heard. The Warriors are like, they're pretty, th- the thing they want is an offensive-minded five. You've heard this. Okay. okay. And I think a lot of it's it? because they think, because Draymond's offense is what it is, right? They want to put a big next to him who can score just enough so that they don't have to use Draymond at the five all the time. I think the dream scenario for them would be Brooke Lopez taking like a taxpayer mid-level next summer, um, which is why I've kind of like banged that truck because, you know, they could play him as much as they want to. They don't have to close games with him, but it, it it's someone who can play competent center minutes to save Draymond, but um, can also not muck up the spacing <sighs> because you're putting a... You know, you're putting a Zaza on the floor next to Draymond, whose offense is inconsistent at best, right? You and don't mean in crunch time, though, right? You mean no, no, no. Have just have on the right. roster. Okay. okay, okay. I feel like I feel like they know uh, in crunch time their moves always going to be um, Draymond at the five, or maybe if Jordan Bell progresses or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Of course. Here's the thing with that. It's it's. I would like to have. You know, I, I would like to have twenty k more, thirty k more on my salary. Right? Sure. <laughs> For this, so so it's like obviously you want Zaza Pachulia to be able to make a freaking layup. So so it's like yeah, that's fair. But my my, my larger thing is I I I'm very I'm not very concerned. If they lose, they lose. So at the end of the day, it's fine. But 
it's very concerning if the Warriors want to change their identity toward away from Draymond Green at the five because they think that the league is catching up to them. I wholly disagree with that because the league may be catching up to a little bit. They're still light years ahead of everyone else just because of the fact that Draymond can defend fives so much better than, let's say, a P.J. Tucker, right? And then behind that, they have Andre Iguodala, and they have Kevin Durant, who can protect the rim even I, better I, than I legitimately Martin. think the the thought process from it is um, they really don't want to go small. They want to go small. It's true. They want to go small true. judiciously. They want to use it as a counterpunch the same way they use the pick and roll. They want to they want to run their system. They want to be that like triangly team. And they want to be able to flip to this mode when they need it and catch teams off guard. Um, and it's 50%, in my opinion, about catching teams off guard. And it's 50% about uh, body maintenance. Like, it's just, I mean, Draymond playing the five is, is just unsustainable. There's no other way around it. Like, he'll, he'll do it because he's one of the most competitive players I've ever seen. But, like, at some point, his back or knees are going to give out from doing it, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I mean, yeah, that's true. It's like finding the right balance, right? And, and it's, it's hard when it, – it's just I, just I just want to see. And even when they played together this year, they weren't that good, that, that small lineup. And so I think part of that is what – and Steve Well, Curry, and I think part of the reason the small lineup wasn't good this year is because they didn't try. That's a lineup that's like – that's a lineup that's predicated on, like, all right, we're going to go small and we're going to just, you know, blitz the hell out of you. But if you go small and don't blitz teams, then you're just small. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing. So here's the thing. I think, I think Kerr's default is to never go small. Like it's to always, if, if it was up to him, he'd play Kevon Ludi and Zaza and say, Hey, we're just going to run Draymond at the three, KD at the two and Clay at the one. No, I'm kidding. But like he, his default is he wants to go big. Right. And that's how he's going to play until and, – and we know how he adjusts. He only adjusts when he's down 2-1. So that's the other thing. It's, okay, if you're going to adjust, it might be too late. So, But I, I am the, – the part that makes – that does is, – it is good is that, that he started Andre Iguodala against his first. So he didn't wait. For yeah, that. I was going to say, I don't know that, that I – I think he learned his lesson from the 16 finals as much as um, – it was a painful one. Uh, <laughs> What, even in the finals last year, it took one loss for him to switch up the offensive game plan because he didn't want it. You know, it was three one. He didn't want it to have to, you know, all of a sudden go back to Cleveland because he because he was trying to prove a point systematically. Right. Um, so and I think he's shown it a little more in in these playoffs since then, too. Like he's willing to make that change a little sooner. Um, so he doesn't see his team go into free fall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess if you've got one card to play, it's kind of like what people say about pop, right? If you've got one card to play um, and you know that this is the final piece and you play too early and it doesn't work, then what do you do? And that's, that's so always that's, my, that's my thing that I haven't um, though. When I see Warriors fans complain, um, what do you do if you go small against Houston to start it and it doesn't work? Stop it. I mean, it's stop it, but you can't open game one with Draymond at center um, because game one's going to no, be a I feel. Agree. It's going to be a feel out game regardless. You know, I agree. 
and then you're just giving them a ton of film. Well, you know how you know how Houston is. Whatever the hell that the Warriors give them, they're not going to adjust. They're going to do the same crap regardless. All, all four games. Yeah, but now you got more film of how Draymond comes up on the pick and roll, so Harden can figure out ways to draw fouls. Yeah, yeah. no, that, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, Harden has has figured out some guys, right? He roasted Harrison Barnes. He was good against Clay for a while. I think Clay kind of got better. Um, Harden actually, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes was was. F- really good against him in the fi- in the Western Conference Finals three years ago. Um, he roasted Clay. It was the other way around. Like, And I hate saying this. Uh, but Do I have it wrong? Yeah. You no, he, right. they, they did not take Clay off of him until game four or five because by then he just kind of – and Clay is better against guys he has a size advantage on. He doesn't really have a size advantage on Harden. Um. So, but but then putting you know bars, what you know what, yeah you know what it is Harry B doesn't jump like he's not jittery right? yeah he's, he's kind of he's kind of loony yeah <laughs> no it's it's true I think that that's that's a great point because that's what they want to do with Looney right Looney doesn't jump around it dude I mean like as much and, as I would love to see Jordan Bell play he's getting eviscerated right and he and has if, got if he eviscerated by Harden that's been the problem every time he's played yeah. against the Warriors or sorry against the Rockets he's um. I mean, he just bites every one of his ball fakes, and no one does more like little like head head fakes or ball fakes than Harden. Like that's all he does. That's gonna be. I can't wait for that, man. I know. I know we got to talk about the Pelicans. I know we got to pretend like this is gonna be a series that goes longer than five. You think it's gonna go seven? Whatever it is, I think it's but. going six. I think the Pels are for real. I think. I mean. I, I do think Anthony Davis is the best player not named LeBron or on the Warriors. Uh, he's that good. And I think Stop that, it. he's not better than Kawhi. Stop it. Kawhi hasn't played basketball in a year and a half. For all I know, Kawhi is going to come back. He's going to get traded to the Knicks and he's going to be <laughs> kind of like a fancy version of Glenn Rice or something. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's a terrible okay. comp. I like is Glenn Rice is a shooter, but <laughs> Glenn Rice is a shooter. Um, I mean, Harden is still better. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, you know, the, he's in that. I, he's I, I, in that tier. He's, he is. He is. I'm he, not gonna. Like, I'm not gonna argue you if you think you know peak Kawhi or Harden are better. But he he's in that. He, he's in that tier. So, so I, I want to make it. I want to keep talking about the Pelicans and the matchups because the, there are something. And it is. Um, and I will say the biggest reason I love AD is because he's basically That's your center that can score. He's the big man, Steph. It, you put player like they are the two easiest players among elite players to play with, and it's not even close, right? Like, yeah, all of a Have sudden, all of a sudden, Drew Holiday. All of a sudden, Drew Holiday looks a lot better, right? You know, all of a sudden, Rondo's back. All these are coincidences, and AD has help, right? You've heard this before. So, <laughs> uh, oh, Miritich looks great. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. Give a dude five seconds behind the line because three guys are crashing the center around the glass. Of course, he's going to hit a shot if he's a decent shooter. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing. He doesn't even need to touch the ball. He just stays so active and does stuff to help his team. Like uh, Just watching him as opposed to every other elite offensive center, so like Towns, Embiid, uh, boogie like he does so much more stuff off ball in terms of just moving without the ball 
just like cutting in a certain direction and taking two defenders with him. It is it is kind of like a Steph thing. And then, of course, there's a the fact that if you throw it anywhere near the rim, he's just going to dunk it. You like this. You like this. this oh, it makes pet. me very happy. Yeah, this 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 is good. This I, I like it. I, I, I enjoy it because it's true. I mean, uh, on-court aspect, yes, but I like the off-court aspect. I like the, I like the mental um, security that these guys have. The way that they're they're just they don't come. They don't like. It's fine if you complain. I'm not saying don't complain, but I'm saying like the way that Anthony Davis and Steph has gone about not throwing teammates on the bus. Do you know how easily Anthony Davis could just go to the media and say, "Yo, Etwan Moore is freaking trash." You know what I mean? Like why? Yeah. Why teams? did we pay Solo Hill fifty-five mil? <laughs> you know, it's just like stuff like that. And it's like it, it actually does remind me of Steph before Omer Sheik. Before Steph was great, you know. Um, he just kind of chugged along when Monte was saying he couldn't win with him when, you know, Keith Smart was benching him for AC Law. He never complained once, even though you know he was just annoyed to all hell. He he was like, I'm just going to prove him wrong the whole way. So it, it, there is a similarity there. Uh, I'm not even going to say it, but he would be a nice fit. For a certain player on the Warriors that may not be here. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, so he's. Here, a, I mean, the, the truth is, he's a nice fit on every team for every roster. <laughs> but I mean, it is true. Like, if you want to kind of, if you want to wonder what happens if Steph doesn't hit the perfect storm of like new ownership who's aggressive, who wants to like pay money to put the right players around him, and has just enough smart people who know what they're doing. The way Anthony Davis is handling New Orleans is probably the way Steph would have handled the Warriors if they just stuck with mediocre management and then, like, eventually, you know, probably just demanded out. Yeah, maybe. And who knows if it actually, remember AD was saying some stuff to Woj for a little while that was kind of like. And it was so it was so subtle and understated, but it was similar to the stuff Steph was putting out in like the early years or like, you know, well, you never know where your career is going to go. But like, I just really want to win. Like, I would love to go here. (laughs) Stuff just just very subtle. Like, oh, I know I'm happy where I'm at, but, you know, that'd be cool. (laughs) So 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 here's the here's the thing I want to talk about the Pelicans, because I want to break this down a little bit. Um. I think that so earlier when we talked about some of the things that they did they well, some of the things that they didn't. I don't think their defense is good. I don't. I, I think I, I do think, think their Rock. defense they did against the the Blazers is not going to work against the Warriors. Like, oh, you want to trap Steph thirty feet out and let him play four on three? <laughs> you know, the Warriors do that in their Steph has been doing that for his entire the entire last four years. He's been doing that offense. Damian Lillard can't go up against that defense because he thinks it's the first time he's ever seen it. I think Dane just played bad and he wanted to blame it on something. Steph has seen that a million times. And here's the other thing as well. If you're going to play that defense and leave KD won't fight open against who, what's that guy's name? Alpha Rukamino. What do you think is going to happen? Mo Hart, or sorry, 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 sorry. Solomon Hill is what I meant to say. And Etwan Moore, like, what do you think is going to happen? Or Nikola Meritich, right? Um, so I, I think the war is going to drop like 130. Every game, so I don't think that defense is going to matter. I think on on on, and then the Warriors on defense and Drew Holiday is not going to shoot sixty seven percent from three this series, right? Clay Thompson is going to guard him. You can put Andre Iguodala on Meritich, and you can put Draymond on Rajon Rondo, who can't do anything on offense. And there, there you have. I mean, AD is going to go for forty, but everyone else, like 
that's that's locked. Well, I don't think you want to put Draymond on Rondo, um, just because whenever the Warriors have gone with these like junk defenses, it's it's not the greatest idea. Like you, you want to put Draymond on the big who hangs around the rim and hopefully can't so do AD. too much. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to probably bring secondary pressure on AD and hopeful and like hope that they can exploit his biggest weakness, which is he's not, he's not a great passer. You know, he's he's like an average passer at best, uh, mostly because he doesn't have to. But like when he starts getting that trap, can he really make that second that pass to Meritich to Etwan Moore to Drew Holiday? I don't know. He hasn't really been put in that situation. I think I, I just I don't I think there's too many defensive players that the Warriors have, um, and while AD is going to go for like 35 a game, I think at a certain point, I think KD's a better defender against AD too um, than Draymond. I think Draymond's better against LaMarcus Aldridge, someone that's going to post up right, but face up shooting wise, you need that length. I think Durant's going to be that guy that's going to be able to take AD, and I think he'll outplay him. Right, it's at the end of the day, it's AD, it's it's KD's like what, like tenth time in the playoffs, and it's AD second. Like I don't think AD's ready yet. Not the way that KD is. Not like KD's thirty five, right? He's still in his prime. So I think it's one of those series where KD's going to say, "Hey, I'm still the better player." Right? I'm still yeah. The so actually, KD is matched up on him reasonably well. Like one, they have a very similar build, and everything you said is correct. Um, the the real question becomes then you put Draymond on Meritich and. We've seen Draymond on stretch fours. It's not that he can't do it. It's that it just takes him away from everything that makes him, you know, great. Because he can't be mm-hmm. around the rim just contesting everything and causing all these turnovers. Now he's just kind of like chilling on a dude on the perimeter. And then and then he starts freelancing and then that dude gets a free shot. You know, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's not what you want. That's why, that's why you put, that's why you flip. So my matchups would be KD on AD and you put Draymond on Rondo. And then you allow him to double and, and mess around, and then you put Iguodala on Meritich, and Iguodala is smart enough to not leave him or help him recover. And then you got Clay on Drew, and then you can put you know Steph or whatever it is on on Etwan Moore, right? And and Steph will mess up. He's off ball defense is not great, but that's fine. It's Etwan Moore. So I I think that's I think that's your defense, right? And then and you're able to contain him. I don't think it's not like the Pelicans are gonna. It's not like they're the greatest offensive team. I think regression is coming for guys like Meritage and Drew from from the three point line, and then and then I think on the other side the Warriors are able to score against really anybody, regardless if they have stuff in the game. So so I I think if they're down 0-2, we got we got an issue, right? Um, it's then then we're talking about it may go seven. It probably will go seven if it's 0-2, but. If the Warriors win game one, I, I think it's over because they can still lose game two and Steph will be back and that's it. I guess we shall see. <laughs> um, so first, let's 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 pull it back a little bit. Impressions of the Warriors in round one. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was probably it was it was honestly it felt like an extension of the regular season after the first game. Like the first game, you can see they turned on the switch, I think, and they just said, can we turn it on? And they turned it on, and it looked good. And then they went right back into the regular season mode where they're like, all right, we're just going to turn this thing over when we want to. Almost bit them in the ass game five. But um, I, I think they I think they need to get a wake-up call at a certain point. And it might, came, it might come game one, in my opinion, because they just still are not consistently turning it on. I think 
I mean, you were talking about it. Maybe maybe it's an issue with some of the players. Maybe they just can turn it on. I don't know. But well, I think they're not I, turning it on consistently. So no Steph exposes the lack of depth, which we always knew they didn't have that much depth. But when you have four all-stars, like, you know, you you shouldn't have much depth. You, you shouldn't have four all-stars to begin with. Um, so... <laughs> But but like the way they've kind of covered that depth is just, you know, you always have one to two all-stars on the floor at all times. And even if like, you know, Clay and Bench isn't the greatest lineup, like you're st- Clay's better than the other team's bench players, right? So th- there's ways to hide it. And then without Steph, that's just 35, 40 more minutes you got to find for – you got to find somewhere. And – you can either extend the starters more, which is what they'll probably have to do, or you know you're finding ways to bit piece uh, Livingston, Nick Young, you know these random lineups, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's I, I don't really know what else to say about it other than you know it, the biggest thing I took from it is when they had the the four best players who are available, so. You know, Clay, Clay, KD, Draymond, and Iguodala. When they played those four together, they were still dominant. Um, but when they went beyond that, it was it was just kind of like uh, um, it was a rough ride. Shit show. It's <laughs> weird, man. Like it's 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 kind of it's tough because we came into this and we're you know strength in numbers. We know that's BS, but they built a team where you would think that they brought in Nick Young and Omri Caspi and Patrick McCall. They're supposed to be guys that would help in the postseason. You're supposed to be. They're supposed to be guys who give you 10 10 to 15 minutes. We're not asking. We're not asking. We're not asking a lot. We're asking like the idea was can, can Swaggy give you six good minutes in the second quarter and the end of the third, early fourth, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that hasn't really been the case. He's unplayable. Caspi's cut. Quinn Cook's not playable. He could barely stay in front of Tony Parker, who's 48 years old. He's, Tony Parker looks as slow as me. Nick Young's, and, Nick Young's a good example of do not buy when someone plays energetic defense on a bad team here and there. We're like, oh, see, they're defending now. Because that was the story with him at the Lakers last year. It's like, oh, he's actually trying on defense now. But like the reality of it is like he was literally just trying on a bad team. It didn't mean he was actually a passable defender. You know what it is, too? Never trust players and their evaluation. I'm pretty sure Nick Young was on the team because KD and Draymond went to management and said, hey, like, I'm going to take this pay cut. We're going to sign you know, Nick Young. Don't trust players. Everybody loves Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford's not helping your team that much. Jamal Crawford will be a warrior next year. Goddamn, Jamal Crawford would be nice right now. In this <laughs> now, now that I now that I think about it, he would be nice. They they would love to have someone like Jamal Crawford off the bench. You know, like like Draymond and and Clay, and you can have some bigs that can play some defense, and then you have a guy that's just gonna be able to create, right? Or just wants to shoot the freaking ball. <laughs> um, oh God, those the dinosaur lineups with no one wanting to shoot the ball. It's like let's eight, let's see if we can get eighteen passes to get eighteen <laughs> passes to get a layup. It's just it's it's so od. Um, are you surprised Quinn Cook didn't play more? Yeah, no, I am. I am. I, I think I think Kerr – maybe it's just the series because after the game yesterday, Kerr um, talked a lot about defense. Like uh, without even being prompted, he talked a lot about 
hey, our, if our defense is this good, we have a chance to win every game. He kept saying, you know, our players play good on defense. JaVale McGee was good on defense. Looney's good. You know, all these guys are good. So I think for him, and for me, if I, if I play pickup, like if I play on my team, for me too, if you don't play defense, you're not playing. So I think for him, no matter what you can do on offense, if you're not Steph Curry, who's the greatest offensive player in the league, if you're not Steph, you better play defense. So I think that's why Quinn Cook didn't play. And Nick Young's not going to play at all unless they're down 10 and they need shot. They, you know, they need shooting. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's – I think Steve Kirsch is not going to fuck with you if you don't play defense. And it's, it's showing. Yeah, so I think that's – I mean, that's really – the big takeaway from the, the playoffs is that's, that's what the coaching staff is thinking is going to be how they win. It's just we're going to have to goon it up and play just pure defense size lineups. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> what do you think? You think this goes six, Warriors and six? I have Warriors and six. I think they'll be split after two. I think the Pelicans yeah. will get one of the first two games. I think they'll get one of the games at home, most likely when Steph looks rusty. And then I think the Warriors take game five, and then they – they finally look like the Warriors, the team that can go on the road and beat anyone in game six. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So if you have if you have the Warriors splitting the first two at home, and then you have the Warriors losing game three, because presumably that's when Steph looks rusty, then the Warriors are going to be down 2-1. That is going to be beautiful. Can you imagine the Warriors down 2-1 to the Pelicans next week? Uh, we, lived it with, we lived it with Memphis. Uh, it's yeah, okay. So- um, no, I, actually, I'm not even sure they're going to lose game three. I just think the Pels will get one in New Orleans. Okay. Um, I, I could I totally see them. the Warriors. Actually, if any, the most Warriors thing of all time, uh, not of all time, <laughs> but the most Warriors thing of this season would be destroying the Pelicans in Steph's first game, looking amazing, and then coming out flat the following game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, you know what? No, no, you know what it would be. It would be winning the first two games, since since it, you know people are saying, hey, they can't win without Steph. It's a long series without Steph. It's winning the first two games and losing the first, and then losing game three with Steph coming back. And they're like, hey, we got Steph. Now let's play no defense. You remember the season when they had that stretch where they played great defense and won like they went like ten and one, and then Steph came back and they immediately started allowing like one hundred thirty five points a game because they're like, yeah, they played defense for about for a half. And then they saw Steph go for like 30 points in 20 minutes. Like, ah, ah, we're good. We're good. No point. No point doing this anymore. We'll do this in May. <laughs> God, God. Clowns, I do man. think this will be a good series. I, it, if nothing else, like your, your criticisms of Pelicans are fair. Um, but their, their starting unit is good. They play well together and they've, they're definitely peaking at the right time. They're going to be a pain. Um, I I just I just think they are. I think Drew Holiday is going to be a pain. I think Anthony, I, it all starts with Anthony Davis. He's he's the biggest mismatch the Warriors are going to face all playoffs. It's basically that simple. Um, <sighs> yes, true, true. I mean, because like you you could tell me Harden's a better player, but it's not really a mismatch because nope. the Warriors have a bunch of great wing defenders, and even if Harden gets the better of them they don't have to change their scheme. Like if they decide they want to put Iguodala on him instead of clay, it's not like they have to consider wholesale schematic adjustments. Right. Um, AD kind of makes them start thinking about like, do we do, do we start doubling differently? Right. 
That's true. That's true. You think? Um, I don't know if they. So the last series that they played together, uh, or they played against each other, um, I don't think they changed too much. They got, but then again, AD didn't have any help. <laughs> AD didn't have help, but um, he didn't. He had nobody next to him, and they kind of just let AD go off and won every game by like 15 points. Besides that game three, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting if Drew plays well, man. I think that's the only way if Drew and Miritich outplay. Um, I think if Drew at least plays to some semblance of what Steph is, right, or outplays Clay. And then Maritich is able to just drain shots because the Warriors put Draymond on him. That'd be stupid, but you never know. That might happen. So, yeah, it'll right. take a lot. Well, let's get out of here. Um, we shall see. We'll we'll record sometime next week, uh, probably after Game Two, probably after the swing. They're gonna so Game One Saturday. Game Two is probably gonna be Monday or Tuesday. Monday, right? Yeah, Monday. I don't I think they've announced it yet. Have they? Okay. Okay. Uh, so, well, but Saturday, you're probably right. Monday. It's probably Saturday, Monday, and then uh, off till Thursday. So we'll, we'll get in we'll there midweek. Before Steph returns. Yeah, we'll get the Steph return on, um, on Thursday most likely. I don't know. Do you, Do you think he'll he'll be back? You yeah. think th- you yeah. think they'll give him game one? Dude, they, he, that's that's the thing. I haven't heard anything. I don't. We don't. I don't have anything. But I think that Steph. I think Steph can play. I think Steph can play. I think the Warriors are not going to let him play. I think he'll lose that battle. I think if Steph was healthy and he'd never gotten hurt before in 2016 didn't happen, I think he'd play. Uh, right. They're they're but definitely I, managing him on a um, – They're not fucking around. They're on not, his scale, not on a normal yeah. player scale. Yeah, and they're just going to say screw it. And I think if they lose game one, I think Steph wins. And then I think he does play game two, though. I think he will play game two if they lose game one, especially if they lose game one by like 10 points or something. I think he'll play game two. But if they win game one, then it's kind of like, hey, you know, we don't really got much to lose here. Uh, we'll sit it out for, you know, the extra four days. So all right, so that's why I'm kind of hoping, like, the drama is if they lose game one, right? That's a drama. Then we're sitting here on Monday, and and, and I think Steph is going to be game time decision next Monday if they lose. He, he's game, he might be game time decision right now. Kerr was saying he day to day. So it's week five. He's in that zone. He's in. He's in that time frame to where he could come back. So, but yeah. All right, we'll man. See. Let's see. Maybe, maybe if they lose game one, we might have to go emergency pod. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Perfect. All right, man. All right. Let's do it.